welcome to Stand Out. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. I'm a former TV news journalist turned entrepreneur. I work with smart, creative, and mission-driven entrepreneurs who want guidance on their message so they can connect with a bigger audience. Where do they share their message? On video, through the media, on stage. I help my clients navigate that too. On this show, you'll learn how to become a standout. I'll share experiences from my 20 years in front of the camera, from clients I'm working with now, and from the amazing people I get to meet today. Let's get started. This is episode number 46, where I invite you to listen in on a strategy session with one of the members of my PR Pro membership community. Karen Lockhope is an early childhood expert a mom, and the creator of the podcast, We Turned Out Okay. She's also one of the founding members of the PR Pro online community, and I'm so thrilled to see how much she has done in our time together. Since she's been in the community, she's been featured in major publications, on other podcasts, and on TV. Her podcast attracts an audience of highly engaged parents. Karen faces the same problem we all do. We see the buffet of options all around us. We can do Facebook Live. We can blog, podcast, and speak on stage. We can start pinning on Pinterest or begin to grow a following on Twitter. But which one is the most effective way to attract an audience and grow a business? You may be surprised by what I tell her. Karen has done a great job in growing an audience. It's frustrating, though, when sales are not a direct result. Listen as I share with Karen strategies she can use to focus her time and her energy on the piece she loves, the podcast, and then create something that resonates with her audience, something they can't wait to get their hands on. If you're looking for specific solutions to your messaging and media outreach, you can learn more about the program that Karen is a part of, the PR Pro membership community at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash PR Pro. Now, sit back and listen to Karen's story. Welcome to the show, Karen Lott-Kolb. It is so great to have you on Standout. Thanks for being here. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm excited about it. And you're here for an on-air strategy session. I've wanted to talk with you for a long time. I love what you're doing, and I would love for our audience to hear about the great strides that you've made over the last couple of years. So first, tell us about your business and your very successful podcast, Karen. Oh, well, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. And also, um, just for, for being here, for being in conversation with me. It's so great to talk to you. I actually just did a challenge yesterday, last night. Uh, there's a, there's a new podcast called the 21st century creative and he, every week he offers a challenge. And this week, the challenge was write a job description, write a job posting for a job that doesn't exist yet. And I was like, you know what? My job didn't exist like until I created it. So I'm going to write about that and, and hope that that's okay. And what I did was, uh, the, the, what you're supposed to do is come up with your job title and job requirements. And I decided to call myself a facilitator of happy families. That was the job posting. And the, the ways that the, the qualities, the technique, you know, the not techniques, the, the, the ta- God, I can't think of the word, the thing <laughs> that the person who does this job needs are you need uh, you need experience in human development and early childhood education, which I have lots of experience. You need to I personally felt like you need to be a parent yourself because you need to make all these mistakes that then you can help people not make. And 
and you need some technical experience to develop a podcast and to, to you know, create forums and, and set up a private coaching community, teach classes, that kind of thing. But I felt like what you needed most was just the, cap- the capacity, and I think it's communication skills, to help parents not just understand why something needs to change in their parenting, but how to do it. And the example that I gave yesterday in this little challenge was I, I recently had the question in my community, uh, a, a parent was saying, okay, so riddle me this. Why is it that like, I read my daughter the riot act yesterday because she refused to get into daddy's car. Getting into daddy's car was the worst thing ever. She was never going to get into daddy's car. And then today she's clapping her hands and cheering about getting into daddy's car. Like, <laughs> kids do what they do. That's really what I do. That's what I help answer. I do that in the podcast. I do that in my community. And, and, uh, it's been great fun. And you've really built a community. That's what I think is so incredible is your podcast is how old now? It is two years old. Okay. Okay. And the community itself is a year old. Although I would say we've really gotten, like I took it out of beta earlier this year and we've really gotten rolling with, with, getting to the heart of what is toughest about parenting and like specifically how, how can you, how can you change things and make them better? How can you facilitate having a happy family? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Boy, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? It sure is. It doesn't always work either, but you know, there are things we can try. So you, well, so I want to kind of go back to the podcast and why you chose that as your medium to share your message and then eventually build your community through what was it about that that oh. way to create content that drew you? Okay, so this actually is a it's this is a question with a really I think unusual answer, although maybe it's not so unusual. But when I when I first started thinking about communicating, teaching parents, I had like five percent use of my hands and forearms, and. I was in a, a complete and total state of depression. I felt incredibly helpless. I felt like such a massive burden on the people in my family and the, the people who basically had to take care of me. I mean, I couldn't twirl spaghetti. Like, I couldn't do anything. And I, somewhere in the in the depths of that, I started to get some, you know, I started to see a shrink, which is, you know, I recommend for everyone, even if they don't have this. But But a friend said to me, after we'd sort of gotten our sea legs and we were figuring out how, how will this family move forward? How will like laundry get clean? How will food get made? How will we be happy even if one of our members can't do anything physically? And a friend at that time said to me, okay, you know, all that regular parenting stuff is off the table. You're not doing the laundry or chopping the vegetables or whatever, but you've got a lot of time on your hands. What can you do? And, and I, that question, I think, changed my life. It, it happened about a year before the launch of the podcast. And from that moment, when my friend said this to me, I thought, you know what? I could, I could do a lot of things with my heart and my mind and my voice. And the idea of podcasting was really appealing because you don't you use your voice. It's all voice-based. And I could talk directly to people because I do have some experiences and some expertise in parenting that could be really, really helpful for people. And so to go from like being this helpless lump to being like a, a, a vibrant part of a vibrant kind of community that is really helpful for people and to maybe even lead that community. I mean, that was very, very special, very empowering for me. So I love that story. I absolutely love it. And you have empowered yourself 
as well as the people in your community, just through your words and through your stories and the interviews that you share with them. And the podcast, by the way, is called We Turned Out Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to turn out okay, right, Karen? <laughs> That's what I hope. And you know what else is cool about it? It's, it's, a, it's a way that I can say, you know, if I really want to talk to somebody and I think that, that the impact that they'll have on the listeners is, is going to be an important one, then, then I can go, I can reach out. I can, I did that with you. I mean, I brought you on the show to kind of help us all figure out like what to, how to approach media with our kids and how to talk about the news with our kids. And, and, um, that was a great episode. But I, and I've also talked to people like, uh, I talked to the sitting president, the then sitting president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And, I've talked to uh, Jessica Leahy, a woman who wrote a, a New York Times bestseller called The Gift of Failure about why we need to let our kids fail at stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have so many more interviews and just these conversations, they, they help me in my parenting. So I have this, I have this idea that uh, I, I am an expert, like I've got the expert hat, right? I, I can tell people how to, how to have better relationships with their children and how to have a better kind of family life. But then I go back into my own family and I've taken that hat off and now I'm wearing the mom hat. <laughs> and that, that, when I'm wearing that hat, I need help just like anybody who would listen to the podcast. So I love to go back and listen because I'm like, oh yeah, there's that aspect of it that I was forgetting about, you know? Hey, we're all learners. I think at the end of the day, so when you started your podcast a couple of years ago, you were empowering yourself. You were finding your voice. Was it a path to a business or did it become one? As we're trying to help you with strategy, I'm just trying to figure out um, kind of what the, the path for you was. So when you started, it was a way to share your voice, but was it also a business idea? At the beginning, I think I hoped that maybe there would be some sort of mm. business in the background. I, I learned, I, I guess, fairly early on that what I was doing was making a difference. And for a long time, that was, I mean, it still is. It's more than enough if I can help one person, right? Uh, but I realized maybe about a year in that, that it wasn't a, a business even if I'd been, if I, if I had those aspirations, like for example, I wrote a book and I thought, you know, okay, this is, this is great. I'm learning how to write books. This is going to, you know, help me make, make me a more successful kind of person in the parenting world. And, um, I think it helped a lot of parents, but it didn't, you know, it didn't rocket anywhere up the charts or anything like that. Uh, at that point I thought, okay, this is really a kind of a hobby. Can I make it a business? And and I, I also, at the same time, kind of felt like there's there's this idea that a lot of people ask for the solutions. They ask for the for the way to solve their problems. Fewer people listen to your ideas about that, and fewer still will act on mm -hmm. those ideas. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one way to get yourself to act on them is to is to have a little skin in the game financially. And so I, I felt like. There, it's one thing to give advice to everybody, which I, I really try hard to do. It's another to have them listen and come back to me and say, this really helped. And it's another to, for them to say, like, and I want to I keep going with you. I want to keep doing this. And if you can put a little skin in the game financially, then I feel like I see better results for, with those parents. Right. right. Because they are in. They're maybe not all in, but some in. And that helps with the take action part. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that you are struggling with. And we have, I know, discussed messaging and coming together with a clear message 
And I think that has helped because you have a clear message. You are an early childhood expert and you're helping families lead happier lives. So I think that is, is clear and, and to the point, what are some of the struggles that you have right now? What questions do you have? I think I, I have about a thousand, but what I'm thinking about right now is I, I've been feeling like I am, I've been splitting my time in a way that isn't, isn't most effective. So I've, I've developed the whole website. I've developed, you know, I keep doing podcasts. I've jumped into YouTube. So I have, it's, I took it back from every week. Now I have a monthly, uh, YouTube sort of where I teach a, a more in-depth, I, we take a more in-depth look at one aspect of one of the podcasts basically for that month. Uh, I'm working my way into Facebook live. I've just set up a challenge and the last day of the challenge, which will come out, that'll be the first week of September. It's the streamline your mornings challenge for people who are panicking about back to school and the mm -hmm. chaos that might bring. And so what I decided to do was I set up this challenge and everybody who joins will also get the link to our secret Facebook group. And on the last day, we're going to do a Facebook live there. So that's like, I feel like that's one side of this whole thing is the like in-house uh, not just publicity, but like the in-house kind of things that we're talking about. And then what I've been trying to do, and I feel like maybe this is not right. Maybe this is more of a distraction for me is I've been trying to also, um, get some pieces published in like local newspapers and, and, you know, be able to maybe talk on local radio about, about some aspect of what I do. And, and I'm just finding that like people are not interested. Like it's not, I haven't come up with a compelling enough idea, I think yet. And my, my, my wonder, what I'm wondering about is, I mean, I've probably spent, uh, so about a year and a half ago, I had an essay published in Boston Globe magazine, which is a really well-respected magazine. It was, it was about one aspect of parenting, but it also related back to the new England Patriots and it had to do with my recovery from my health problems. And, and it was, it was really met with a lot of enthusiasm and nothing I've done since then has met with anywhere near the same level of enthusiasm. And I feel like I'm getting really good with your help at connecting to these people. I'm getting responses back, but they're basically things like, you know, that's just not right for us right now. Thank you so much for applying, but it's just not going to work. And, and I, and I'm wondering, am I, am I, is there anything different that I could be doing, I guess? And should I even take my focus away from is it really that I'm kind of dividing my time in half in a way that doesn't work well? So that's my question. Okay. First one. Okay. So I feel like when I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs like you, there's so many ideas. There's so many things you can do. There's so many avenues out there. Let me start a podcast. Let me create a video channel. Let me do a blog. Let me speak. And You've done a lot of those things, and I think you've done such a great job with all of them. You've made connections. You've been in quite a few media outlets in our time when we've known each other, and I'm so proud of everything that you've accomplished. And I think you have that footprint. So if I were to go on your website, I know I would see all of the media outlets you've been in, and I know you have something. And so you have that reach. So I think you're good on that right now. And so what I think may be missing is that connection with your audience. And maybe what needs to happen now is you hone in on how you help your people. So I know you have a membership community. You have a community for your podcast. So people who are wanting to hear your voice and hear your methods on how to create a happier family, 
And I think especially now when we're so busy, I think a lot of us want a plan. And and maybe you have it and maybe I haven't seen it, but it's creating a plan of action. So if I go to you and I say, Karen, I've got a son who is acting up in class and I can't figure out why he's always being sent to the principal's office, maybe Karen's action plan to creating a happier young man is what you pull out. Mm -hmm. So steps to success. What is that mother or father's success path for her son, their son? Mm -hmm. And maybe outside of that, once you get these young men and women on the path to success, well, then you highlight them. You talk about what life is like for the parents after they've gone through your system. So it's, it's, it's sort of leading your people on a path to where they want to go and then letting them realize that there's a transformation at the end and you're there kind of guiding them along the way. And that's what you do in your community. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And in fact, on the podcast, we recently uh, like to celebrate the one year anniversary of the, of the Ninja Parenting community. I highlighted some success stories from people in the membership. And I, you know, I read them out and talked about them and, and that, I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but that, that week I had, we were talking about in, in July when there's not a lot, parents are not listening, they're on vacation, they're, you know, mem- listenership is down by quite a, you know, not quite a bit, but maybe 10, 20%, mm-hmm. you know, it's down sure. significantly. Well, we ended up blowing July out of the water because of. <laughs> So that success stories episode. <laughs> and uh, is that what you mean? Is, do you mean to sort of highlight those kinds of things and then talk again about how did we, how did they get there? Mm-hmm. It's, it's this formula that I've come up with. So if people were to ask me, for example, hey, Cheryl, what do I say on my videos? Well, the formula is really the same and one that you can use to help you. And I'm going to try and help you figure out how you can use this. Mm-hmm. But the formula is this. What is the problem? Maybe the problem is my son keeps getting a red card, which mm. is, uh, is a, a discipline, a discipline card. He's, why is he, why, why does my daughter keep talking in class? So that's the problem. And then you discuss what you would help them through to get to the success point that they want. So if you want them to not get the red card anymore, how would you help them? Is it a three-step process? Is it a five-step process? And then you discuss what happens afterward? Maybe maybe the son or the daughter enjoys going to school now because he or she is not getting in trouble anymore. What is that like? Because that end part, that part is the part that the parent wants. The parent just wants a, a happy child. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you just want a child that's thriving. And if you can help them see that your ideas will bring them to that point, that's all they want to know. That's all they want to see is a formula, maybe. And uh, there's no real formula in a sense because everyone's different, but there are steps that you go through when you talk to your clients, right? There's, there are steps that you go through. You, you maybe talk about the foundation. Maybe you talk about um, environment, mindset, whatever that is. It's different for every family, but the basics are still the same. And so when you talk about your plan and your system, with your clients, people in your community, they'll see that you have something systematic that will help them get to that success. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, how I would implement that. Is that something that I would only like, do I say come to the community for this formula or do I say, okay, you know, person on the street who's just asked me a question, here's my formula. You know what I mean? Maybe too. This is something you ask your community about because maybe there's a unifying problem that they're dealing with. What I find in in so many cases, and it may not be with yours, Karen, but in some cases, things are too broad. People, um, People have all kinds of problems. People have all kinds of problems. And as you know, with the kids in your family, the kids in my family, we all have different issues. And perhaps it may be a little too broad. Maybe if you, let's say, just because I know we've talked about the red cards, but let's say you focus simply on disciplinary issues in second grade. Well, all those second grade parents are going to find you. All of those second grade parents with boys or girls who are constantly being called into the principal's office or they have to sit by themselves in a classroom, they're going to find you. So I don't know exactly what that issue is because it is something you will have to talk to your your people about. So your people will tell you. Um, they'll say, "Well, you know, I, I'm you know I'm really I'm really struggling with this." And may and, and if they're not the same, if they're all different issues, maybe there's a a, a unifying theme. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's so, organization or so, you know what it's been what because I, I've just. I, we do this a lot. I try to get there. I try to make anything I create for them or even for the podcast mm-hmm. come from like, what, what, oh, what sure. questions oh, we ask? Sure. What have we done? Absolutely. Recently, a thing that's come up a lot is the kind of like social problems that their kids are having in school. Mm-hmm. So one member, for example, referenced that her daughter had been quote, broken up with by a friend. And I mean, she's like a first grader, you know, oh, before gosh, we're expecting like a friend to be like, well, you're not my friend anymore. And like, you know, there's a sort of vindictive tone there and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're, they're just worried. They're so worried. You know, one of them's got a kid going off to school starting kindergarten. And she's like, I'm so worried about that. <laughs> and so I feel, and it's the social things that they're worried about. So, I mean, is that, can I look at something like that as a signpost? Okay. So then and I, I've already said to them, I'm going to create for you guys like either a course module or a full-on course. Like maybe it'll start as a course module and then eventually will become a multi-module kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess if I so say we take that as our example. Right. Right. All right. Is it? Am I? Uh, am I spreading myself too thin if I both make you know work on creation and work on uh, you know getting feedback from the community and making it better for them and contacting journalists about it and trying to publicize it or talk about it or, or help people on the podcast with that, with that idea. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you could go with it. And I don't know quite which ways to go other than that. I know I must create this for them and it must be great because I'm helping them. You know, that's how I'm going to help. So first of all, you're a business now. You are a business now. Two years ago when you started the podcast, maybe you weren't, but now you are. And so your goal is to serve people and also make sure your business continues. Yeah. It, that's my thought. That's a great thing to keep So <laughs> if that is your goal, and, and if it's not, let me know. But if that is your goal, then serving your customers and clients in a way that 
helps them the best is what you need to hone in on. So maybe instead of creating all of your content right now, maybe it is doing a um, like a something like a, a, a beta or a pilot where you say to people in your community who've struggled with this or people in your neighborhood or people in your PTA or people at the grocery store or wherever that may be. And you say, look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm thinking about creating this. Mm. And you, as you said earlier, people need to have skin in the game. And usually that skin is monetary. So if you say, I'm planning on creating this four week program, it's going to be an hour and a half every Tuesday, or it's going to be on Saturdays or whatever that is. It's going to be a live call. It's going to be worksheets. Are you in? And then give them a PayPal link and see if it's something that resonates with them. You haven't created a thing. You will only create once you have validation, knowing that it's something that they want to buy because they've already bought it. You only need a small amount of people to know whether that is something that they want or not, but you also got a pretty big listenership. So if it's something that you are going to create, it's also something that you can share on your podcast where you just say, hey, I'm creating the first ever social, this is a terrible name, social challenge, social angst challenge, whatever that is. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but this beta course is starting. If you're interested, go to this link and sign up or get on the waiting list. That might be the best way. Sign up for my waiting list and I'll let you know when details come out. Oh, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then you're creating something for people who have stood up and said, I want you to create this thing. Yes. And, and you're asking them and only the people who sign up to even learn about it. I mean, you could just be like, what would be valuable for you? Because you already know that they're interested. interested. Mm -hmm. But here's the part where I think needs to be the first focus. If social angst is a real problem, which it is, Mm -hmm. What part of that are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on elementary school kids? Are you going to focus on middle school kids? They're all different. Are you going to focus on high school? Which one will resonate with people in your community? Your community. So, so before so you create anything, you need to yeah. figure that out first. No, I was going to say it's so interesting because I've been I, – there's a book by – I forget the woman's name, but it's called Visual Intelligence. Mm -hmm. And it's about it's about realizing what is actually in front of you whether that's in a visual sense or not. So this whole time, like I've known that my, my degrees are in child development. They're in early childhood education, but of course, nobody listening, you don't necessarily know that, right? Like in my mind, I've already known this is going to be for kids with like, for people who have, you know, maybe preschoolers to maybe second, third grade. Right. Like that's, right. that's the area of expertise. We're talking about making a first friend. We're talking about, and it isn't even that so much. This is so interesting to me. It's, it's like parents try to, in this, age group, parents try to orchestrate everything for their kids. And they worry about every, my son, when he was a preschooler, used to balk like a chicken when he was nervous. <laughs> so he went into preschool going, bark, 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 bark. and I was like, he's never going to make any friends. Everybody's going to think he's so weird. People love that. The kids really responded. Oh. And like, so that's the kind of thing that like that. And I bring up that, that visual intelligence idea, because like in my mind, I know what I could do to help. And I know the age group, but of course, unless you're in my mind, you don't know that unless I say it. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. to me. You got to tell me. 
Yeah. You got to yeah. tell me, you got to tell me my problems. You have to tell me what the problem is because I can't relate to your problem unless you tell me what that is. Yep. So yep. you're going to tell me the problem that I'm having and I'm going to say, oh my goodness, I want a solution. And right after that, you're going to tell me the solution, whether it's your free guide or your challenge or your new program that you're going to create, but only after you get people invo- enrolled in it. Yep. So I, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to want the solution. If you tell me the same, the right problem, if you tell me the right problem, I want the solution. Solution. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like I want to write that down and put it on my wall. <laughs> You'll have this podcast. How about that? You'll have this episode. What, what other questions do you have a little bit more clarity? Do you think? I do. I have more clarity on this idea. I think, I feel like what, what you're sort of suggesting is focus on your community. And you know what, maybe the, maybe the sort of connection with journalists will come after you have a little more clarity on what, what, what can you like really, what, what is a demonstrated thing that you've helped people with that you can then, you know, and then help with. And, uh, sorry. Well, I was going to say is I, I, you know, the journalist route is, is always powerful, but think about this. If you help that mother of a six-year-old who lost her best friend via text or on the bus or whatever, um, that's a new Um, thing, by the way, that's a new trend that you can share with a journalist. And then you have a parent who would be your client. You could then introduce to that journalist. But you've also then established yourself as the expert who's helped that mother or those mothers kind of get, like, navigate this odd world we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But you only have that story once you've made the effort to work closely with your clients and find those stories, which you are, which you're already doing. So this is really fascinating because it's like, it's it's a little bit kind of bass backwards. You have to think... (laughs) about the end to get back to the beginning, you know, always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's really fun. I mean, this is, this feeds my soul. I, 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 you know, I still, even though I I have much more, you know, much better use of my hands, I still, this just, I don't know, turns my crank. (laughs) Love it. I love it. And your community loves you. And I, you know, I think that once they see that you are focused on getting results for them, I think they will respond in a way that you will be happy with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So I guess my other questions, if I, if I can still ask, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. I, I took your video boot camp mm-hmm. and I loved it and it really, really helped me understand just a lot of a lot of important key things about creating videos and, and whatnot. And I have since done, I was actually part of the challenge, I believe. I did one Facebook Live uh, to which no one came, but that's okay. It's okay. And, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Yep. And yep. I, I went on, I went to, it was a Facebook Live, Ask Me Anything, uh, sometimes called an AMA, and I went in with a question that a listener had asked, and I answered it in the Facebook Live. And oh. actually what I did with that was I sent it out as a link later to, um, to my email list just so that like, you know, there, it, even if no one was there live, it doesn't mean that no one would get help from it. Right. And, um, 
I want to do more. I know that Facebook Live, like we have a friend, for example, uh, in the Flip Lifestyle community named Kevin DePew, who is every week he does a Facebook Live for his guitar community. And he's really, that's where he's really found his crew. And I, you know, I feel like the universe is saying to me, you gotta, you have to, you have to, that's where you're going to find your people. That's where you're going to be able to help them the most. And so I guess what I'm looking for is how to handle Facebook live. I know that's a really broad question, but I don't kind of don't know what question to ask other than that. Other than the fact that you want to use video more and in particular Facebook live, but you're not sure how to maximize your time and what the point is, that kind of thing. So it is a big question and I, you know, we'd need to probably think about it in a way where you're not just spinning your wheels. So think about the fact that you've already got a podcast that probably takes hours a week of your time and that Facebook live is less time in a sense because it is live. Like you can only prep so much. You are live when you're live. And then you do whatever you want with the video, which could be repurposing, but that's separate from the live itself. So figure out how you want this to serve you. And I know you have a community, you know, maybe you funnel this Facebook live effort into your community. Maybe it's simply for your community. Maybe it's something that can serve the podcast or is a compliment to your podcast, but we need to think about how it's not just you creating content all day long with no purpose. Yeah. Because then, then you're, you're doing all of this work with no, no results for you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take it back to your podcast, which is a weekly, is it a a weekly show? Works out to be about six a month. Every other week is two shows, wow. and then okay. the opposite week is one show. It's it's. I have three kinds of shows basically, okay. and they come out over two week periods. Okay. So, and it's it's such great consistency. It's great to connect with your audience, and it's paid off, right? It, it really, really has. Yeah, okay. I have a lot, a lot of listeners, and yeah. yeah, and they're passionate about it, which is really cool. So, how do you help them continue to stay connected with you? What do you say on the podcast to have them connect with you, connect with you or do? I, I do. I have a small, you know, email group. I think of it as an email group uh, where I will offer, you know, like right now I'm, I'm offering a challenge um, or I'll offer a free guide about how to get your kids to eat better. It, de- it kind of depends on over the years what's been happening on the podcast. And that's how some, you know, some listeners have kind of jumped in. Um, and I've ended up having some really nice conversations with, with like via email, I will have like a a listener will get in and they'll say like, okay, so here's my question. And oftentimes I will answer their question on the podcast. And sometimes that can't, cause I batch my content. So sometimes that doesn't come up for a month or or more. So I'll always try to say like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to address this on the podcast because I think it will be useful for, for a lot of listeners. But in the meantime, here's a book for you. Here's something that, that will, you know, that will help. And I think people really respond when you try to help them (laughs) in some way, um, when they've, especially when they've asked for it, I think people really respond to that. And so I have like, I, there are ways sort of statistically to look and see like how many email opens do you get a week or whatever. I consistently get like 
30% of the people who, which is apparently it's very good, that's very like good. a mind blowing number. Yeah. <laughs> so like 30% of the people who I send emails to on a weekly basis or, you know, whenever open them. And I, I, I love that. And I wonder if it will stay that way, even as, as it grows, because every time I offer something, you know, people jump in. So it's, it's growing. That's great. So why then don't you connect them all somehow connect them all, whether it is podcast to your Facebook lives, which are on your Facebook page. Am I correct? Or somewhere else? Podcast to my Facebook live. Can you just explain to me what that means? Right. So on your podcast, make sure that your people know that you're doing Facebook lives. You've got a huge following there. Have you let them know that you're doing Facebook lives? I have not. Is that one thing I've not done? I've hardly know, <laughs> let them know about the YouTube. I mean, that's, it's like, it's one of those things that's just standing there looking me in the face and I haven't, I haven't done anything with it. So. It's okay because once you, well, once you start doing it, it can be something you do regularly. Yeah. So maybe you decide, okay, you've got six podcast episodes that you do per month. Then maybe you do a once a month Facebook live or however you can do as many as you want clearly, but maybe then your ask me anything would point to those days when you're in the Facebook community answering questions live. Mm-hmm. It could then lead to your challenge and you can talk about your challenge on your Facebook lives you, you mm-hmm. sort of want to be, have that be everywhere feel, and that will help people. They're not the same people. The people who listen to your podcast may never watch your videos, mm-hmm. but they may, and you don't know that, especially since you have such a large audience. You need to let them know about it so they know to join you on this platform. But it starts with that and letting them know from your Facebook Live what you want them to do. I think they, people just sort of want a path. So if it starts with your podcast, which you're super, super consistent about. That is my, I feel like that's my anchor, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you love it and you're great at it and you've got your biggest audience there. Well, let's share that audience to your Facebook page and your Facebook live presence and then take them somewhere else, wherever, wherever you think is appropriate from there. Say I could also probably say in, in the in my email group, right? I can I can send an email that says, "Hey, I'm doing a Facebook Live on this topic." Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so a lot of times, what happens is the podcast is batched and ready, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's it's so it's far enough in advance that it's difficult for me to sort of remix it or whatever and be like, "Hey, <laughs> come to, come to Facebook Live." So I think what I might need to do is start running almost an ad, except it would, it wouldn't be an ad in the sense of buy my thing. It's an ad in the sense of, did you know that I'm also doing Facebook lives? Yep. And yep. if you want updates about when I'm going to be doing them, jump on my email list. You could do that. Um, or you could just make them ev- the first Wednesday of every month. And that way, um, it's like sort of one less thing for them to do. Just one, one call to action. And uh, so in addition, I could also, I could say, you know, I'm doing them one, the first Wednesday of every month, but I'm doing them in my new We Turned Out Okay Facebook group. You know, click this link to join the group or whatever. Sure, sure. Or you're you're going to do them in the group, right? I'm going to do a group one. Yeah, I decided I don't I don't love the Facebook fan page. Like, it's just I don't know. I don't love it. I feel like a group would be. I mean, maybe I'm making more work for myself. I don't know, but I feel like a group has some qualities that a page does not. First of all, a group is like a thing that you are a part of. It's like a private group. 
Whereas a page is just sitting there. It's just a page, you know? I agree. I think it will give your uh, listeners and viewers more of a community feel, but it is a lot more work. So think about that as you put that into play and how you're going to use that to turn into more of a business thing for you down the road, as opposed to being just more work. Yeah. So just think about that. Okay. Yeah. Think about that. Something something to puzzle over because I want to do that, but I also, you know, I've only got so much time. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, think about where that traffic and where those people are going to go and how you will help them uh, get some results. Because if they get results, then they're more likely to tell more people about you as someone who can help them get results. Karen, we've really talked about so many things. I really, really (laughs) thank you for being on this strategy session. What will you do first? What are some of the things that you'll carry out first as uh, as a result of what we've talked about today? I think first for me is going to be looking more into this idea of, because I've got parents clamoring for something about social skills right now. I've got people who are like really depending on me to come through. And I'm thinking, why not take that idea and turn it into something more you know, something that like we talked about, I think that's where I'm going to put my first focus Facebook live. I'm going to do one at the, at the end of the first week of September anyway. So those things are kind of already moving along a little bit on some kind of a path, but, but this social skills thing, that's the idea that's turning me on right now. Yeah. I think that's great because it also will, uh, get you clients, get results and get you more. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show and for sharing your your struggles and what's going on in your business. I really, really appreciate it. Karen, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. This has been a real, a real eye-opener and, and very fun as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Standout Podcast. It means so much to me. Before I go, I wanted to answer a question that Karen asked me during this live strategy session, and I didn't answer her at the time. I get so excited to share something, and then sometimes I forget the original point. But Karen asked what she's supposed to do with her plan, her success strategy for a happier family. Does she hand it out? Does she give it to anyone who asks? And I say yes. There should be a basic roadmap that people can follow that helps people see how you get results for them. Outline those steps, put them in an opt-in, turn it into a video, put it on a specific page on your website, print it out on a card. And when someone asks, give that roadmap to them. If the person wants specific strategies, he or she can get those through a one-to-one interaction or consulting. Thanks so much to Karen for sharing her story with all of us, and thank you for being here. If you like what you're hearing or have feedback to make it better, please leave a review of the show, Stand Out with Cheryl Tan, in iTunes. I would love it if you subscribe to the show as well. Show notes for this episode are at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 46. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.